0: The Business Buzz Podcast. The Business, Business Buzz, Buzz. Buzz with Mugiwa Mochester's
1: Gabaza. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for a weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on VAWA FM, that's Voice of Viz broadcasting live from our studios in Bromfontein, Johannesburg My name is Mliwa Mob Justice Covers, and I'll be your host for today Now who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Uh, Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to unpack and keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business Now for today, one of the things that's really come out of the lockdown and we've spoken about this in the last couple of weeks is uh, what COVID-19 has done to employment prospects in the country and periodically we like to have a job show on the business buzz and today is our you know as our jobs show uh, for this particular period and uh, to help us to navigate you know the topic and what's actually going on out there we're going to be speaking to Lindy Van who is the managing director for Man- Group um, South Africa, and they are a recruitment specialist talking about uh, the state of employment in the country. We then speak to Rajan Naidu, who is uh, the head of Edu Power Skills Academy, which helps to prepare people for the workplace and employment. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. Also, coming up, we're going to be getting into the business wrap um, with our financial expert, level Pasha. That's where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending. Business and economics news And then we get into the Buffalo Index Where we tell you the state of your 100 Rand Now remember that you can engage with us On all of these topics uh, Let us know what you think now, On our social media We are FM. That's Voice of Vits on Facebook Our other Facebook page is The Vids Radio Academy On Twitter We're at FM, And then our hashtag is Hashtag Business Buzz And remember that you can also stream The station live on FM dot co dot z a Podcasts of the Business Bus Show are available on wits.journalism.co forward slash business. And you can also search for our great content on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, together with Spotify and Iono.fm. So that's how the show is looking like um for the rest of today. Make sure you uh you know you stay uh, you stay locked, you engage with us and uh, let's just talk about what's going on in the employment sector. Keep it locked. This is the business buzz. Business wrap with Lebo Pasha. It's time for us to get into um, the business wrap. That's a part of the show. where We give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And we are joined on the line uh, by Lebo Pasha, who is the general manager for Southern Africa at uh, the African Management Institute. Uh, Lebo, greetings to you. How's been the week in the economy?
2: Greetings to you, Mudio, and greetings to the VAFM listeners. Um, yeah, it's been an exciting um, couple of weeks. I think we've seen that uh, VW vehicle um, that people love to hate, and um, yeah, we've seen a lot of it in the in the media recently. And it's been doing what it used to do when we still at the Scorpion. So it's been
1: enter- entertaining times in South Africa. <laughs> And uh, I guess, you know, following from that, your highlights from uh, the president's address uh, earlier on today about the economy?
2: Yeah, we've seen some some really um, good news and some of it maybe not so good. Um, he's highlighted a lot of the issues that we've had, that the economy has shared 2.2 2 million jobs, um, and our GDP is contracted by a record 16.4% over the past year. Um, Um, quarter, the second quarter of this year. But the most important thing, I think, is the fact that he's gone and laid out his plans on how he thinks he's going to get South Africa, uh, um, creating 800,000 new job opportunities. And it's a very big promise. I'm not sure how we're going to get there, but people have already started. So the address was today, but people have already started questioning his initial promises around a million jobs, I think, I um, stand to be corrected, and how that never materialized, and that now in an even rougher economy, locally and globally, he's promising 800,000 job opportunities. And people are starting to be a bit skeptical, but it's great to see that our government is really thinking broadly about policy around um, how to get the economy going again, um, and, and this growing again as an economy, yeah.
1: I I think sort of following on to that For our listeners that may not have had time To digest the full things What are some of the focuses That uh, the President had? So um, I think One of the really big focus
2: areas Was um, definitely Looking at business and labour And um, Publishing localised sort of targets In areas on how to support Agro-processing, healthcare Uh, People who are making basic Consumer goods industrial equipment so looking at manufacturing um, we don't know how how this is going to happen but he's saying that we're going to have a big buy local campaign or drive um, over the festive season to try and support local uh, um, the local economy local consumption and try and stimulate the local job creation Um, he spoke about support being provided to 75,000 small-scale farmers Um, and their livelihoods, um, how they've been protected from um, the massive disruption. He's also spoken about tourism as well, and that um, we need to get the tourism sector working. It's one of our biggest um, contributors to GDP still, and we need to get that sector working. Somehow we need to find ways to ignite it, uh, especially knowing that global travel is going to be at a low this year, a massive low. Uh, People are still social distancing, seeing the second wave in Europe. So um, the euros, the dollars that we usually get, um, all the currency flows from Asia, our tourists coming in from Asia, we are not going to be getting as much as we should get, even in this last couple of months of 2020. So he's spoken about all of those. And and I think the really big number is that... um, um, there's a goal to create 800,000 employment opportunities because we really need to reverse the massive dent and the massive job loss that we've seen. So massive dent on the economy and a lot of jobs that have been lost. He's also spoken a bit as well about, um, 2000 megawatts of additional capacity, um, uh, electrical capacity in the sort of like medium term. So yeah, he's covered quite a lot of areas but i think the one area that hasn't been covered much and i have a feeling the ratings agencies and now because we are highly indebted as a country and he's also said we will not meet our debt targets, um is corruption because it doesn't matter how much money we throw in our problems if we're losing a lot of that money through corruption then it's going to be yeah we're not going to get the desired results
1: And then, uh, you know, beyond, you know, that doom and gloom, there is some hope um, for the resource and um, agricultural exports. What's going on on that front? Yeah, we've seen um, South African
2: exports of resources and agricultural products shoot up. Um, We've got some of the figures from SARS where um, we've seen um, some growth within precious metals, specifically gold. And this is also because gold itself is seen as a safe haven when the economies, uh, both locally and globally, aren't doing well. People run and buy gold uh, as a way to preserve uh, the value of their money. And we've seen gold um, grow in value uh, or make gains of more than 20%, I think, this year. And our exports of the metal have definitely helped um, the South African economy or helped protect it. And also surprisingly, another highlight was citrus. So um, it could definitely have some sort of link to um, everybody who's eating a lot of citrus for the vitamin C in those particular products, um, especially with the second wave in Europe. So we've seen um, a huge um, a huge number um, of, of citrus products leaving the country, and it's also expected that we're going to... See a lot more citrus exported over the next couple of months from South Africa, and then so last- it's one of the best seasons on record.
1: And then, lastly, we understand that the COVID uh, grant has been uh, has been extended. Well, what's actually going on on that front? So, um, I think this is one of the
2: efforts to probably protect the economy, um, protect you know uh, people's ability to survive. And um, the COVID grant has been extended. And this is to support the poorest of the poor in South Africa, enable them to get basic goods and still be able to survive. So um, that has been extended by another three months. Um, We don't know what will happen at the end of this period, but uh, um, that's what has recently been announced.
1: So that's been us uh, with our financial expert, that's Lebo Pasha. Who is uh, the general manager for the African Management Institute uh, for in Southern Africa, just giving us some insight into the week's um, top trending business and economics news, looking at the some highlights from um, the president's uh, address around how to make uh, the economy recover, also talking about uh, some hope in terms of uh, resource exports together with uh, the COVID grant being extended. So that's been it on the other side of this We continue with the Buffalo Index. Business rep was Lebo Pasha.
0: The Buffalo Index on the Business
1: Business Bus. In our Buffalo Index, we tell you the state Of your 100 Rand, we tell you What your 100 Rand or your Buffalo Can do for you And for today, we are Talking about professional CV Services since um, this Is a jobs show and we actually Went out to find out What can you do if you want Someone to professionally put Together a CV for You to showcase uh, your Skills and talents to a prospective Employer and there's actually an interesting site um, that we found. It's called Professional CV Zone. And if you go there, a starter CV is gonna cost you just around four buffaloes or 395 Rand. Uh, that's ideal, you know, for a career seeker looking for employment for the first time or someone with limited experience. And then the professional CV uh, that's uh, closer to five buffaloes or uh, 495 Rand, uh, more or less 500 rand and uh, that is uh for you know the general uh, the general career seeker who requires a professional and appealing cv and cover letter and that one is setting you off for about five buffaloes the executive cv um this is where things start getting interesting because you've almost doubled the price uh because you're now sitting at 10 buffaloes or 995 rand um this one is being said to be ideal for doctors lawyers account engineers, project managers, CEOs, CFOs, etc. And uh, these are people, you know, that want a comprehensive and professionally prepared, fully editable um, CV um, with, uh, you know, um, editable career-related example cover letters, all of those things that's going to set you back uh, about the 10 buffaloes that I said. And then an international CV uh, for a professional or executive um, international Career seeker, uh, someone that wants uh, country-specific uh, or editable CVs for different jurisdictions—that's um, coming in around thirteen buffalos. So, if you're looking for someone to make your CV for you, so that you can put your best foot forward, and uh, these are just some of the options that are available to you. The Buffalo Index on the, the Business Buzz. Bus. Forget what the little buddy told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at Bow FM and join the conversation.
0: More justice
1: on the business bars. As we said, this is our jobs show. We're talking about employment uh, during slash post-COVID-19. And um, a couple of weeks ago, I remember we spoke about the fact that uh, the economy is not in a good place. Uh, We heard from Stats SA that uh, unemployment has actually risen up. The the expanded view of uh, unemployment uh, says that that's now up to 42%, um, according to that definition, that more than 2 million South Africans um, have lost their jobs during the lockdown Uh, a lot of that happening in the second quarter of 2020 so this is why we're getting into uh, the jobs show. just talking about as young people uh, or any um, young professional or someone who is um, in this position of being unemployed or perhaps you're looking at your employment prospects what does the landscape actually look like on social media uh, let's talk Let's engage about this very important topic on Facebook. We are Vow FM, that's Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page, it's Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at Vow FM. We are joined on the line by Rajan Naidu, who is the head of uh, Edu Power Skills Academy, and is just going to be giving us some insight into what uh, things are looking like uh, in the industry and some of the work that they are doing at Edu Power Skills Academy. Um, Rajan, uh, greetings to you and uh, Edu, Edu Power Skills Academy. Um, some insights into what you guys are doing.
3: Yeah, greetings to you Mr. and thanks for the opportunity yeah look at edipa our our vision is about employability so we realize that any form of skills development or higher education the end game is skills development is, is employment and employability so institutions must focus their training around that so we do it by the medium of learnerships and or short courses and uh, we train both the employed and unemployed and people with uh, disability and in parallel to the learnerships we run mentorship to try and improve life skills and improve the human being in a a holistic way as well as work readiness programs which prepare the uh, individual for uh, the workplace and because employability is basically very high up on our agenda 25% 25% of my very own staff complement are learners from past learnerships that were with us. So, you know, we try and live that that vision and that motto.
1: Now, Rajan, in light of COVID-19, many people have lost their jobs, making the job market even more competitive. Um, given everything you've just said, how do you think young people can actually prepare uh, for work readiness and improve their chances of actually getting um, employed? <sighs>
3: Yeah, I think young people should focus a lot more on artisan and trade uh, studies and qualifications, and not as a last resort, but as a very viable alternative to more academic qualifications. So I think that's a starting point, because I think one must realise that many academic qualifications um, don't have a demand in the job market and the economy, whereas artisans and tradespeople are much more easily self-employable or employable by other people. So I think that's an important point to note I think newly qualified young graduates should also moderate their expectations about achieving you know high-paying management posts, for instance in their first jobs so they should understand that while they have the education they may not have the skills the difference between education and skills is skills is the application of knowledge uh, in the acquiring of, uh, of an economic outcome so basically if you're able to generate money for the knowledge that you have then you have skill But many young people who have achieved a qualification uh, are are not yet ready to to have that skill to generate income. They need work experience for that to happen. And that generally takes around 6 to 12 months uh, in in a workplace. And that's why many employers are a little reluctant to take on first-time work seekers that have never had job experience before. Okay. Graduates should try and secure a learnership or an internship to prepare themselves for the workplace, making them much more attractive to prospective employees. And remember that every year, because of be and CETA and grants, you have many tens of thousands of learnerships and some internships available as well every year. So learners must, young people must keep their eye out for that, including graduates. So many graduates can also enter, enter the job market via the route of learnerships as well. Young people can also assist themselves through work readiness programs, you know, digital literacy, CV development, workplace understanding, life skills, social media. You know, social media can be a very powerful tool, positive tool, but it can also be a destructive tool. So they must learn how to use it very positively because many employers actually check social media when they're screening um, or they screen the Internet in general when they're screening candidates as well. And I think learners must also learn interviewing skills. So I think that's very, very important. Very important in, in, in terms of the learners, uh, what employers look for is work history and good traceable references. Um, and I think it will also be very helpful if learners can maybe make a 30 second video of themselves, not a long video, not beyond 30 seconds, maybe, 30, maybe 45 seconds at most, just showcasing who they are. If they can't make a video, maybe a color photograph of them on their CVs is generally quite helpful for them to have as well. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, using social media in a positive way can be a great advantage. A lot of young people, particularly intellectual young people that come out of university, can start a blog or write online articles and just create a public presence for themselves. Many employers will pick this up, and they can actually point to that in their CVs as well so we know that these people are free thinkers um, you know they're, they're thought leaders and many employers look for that independent thought processes as well um, I think a lot of young people can volunteer or participate in the civil society organizations for public benefit and establish a record of that and point to that in their CVs as well as part of their references and I think one of the very important things that young people must remember is please ensure that you keep a clean credit record and a criminal record because many employers screen for that during during employment um, and I think for me probably the most important of all is entrepreneurship and either through your own business or belonging to a cooperative where you share with many other young people. Entrepreneurship is probably the most underrated in South Africa and is something that we definitely need to work on.
1: I'm Rajana, just one. I just want to uh, sorry to interject I just wanted to bring you back to something that you said just now um I really like all the I really like the points around um you know developing yourself and especially building maybe some type of a social media profile just to at least showcase that you are an independent um thinking person but there was a point that you raised earlier on about uh, you know skills um having a trade versus an academic um Qualification? Why do you think um, the stigma still persists around um, some of the trades, especially when you think about exactly what you said—that um, a lot of the time trades do provide um, quite a steady stream of business if you decide to to go into them. <sighs> For me, it's a social and cultural issue in South Africa. So many, many
3: parents and society in general view a university degree uh, or that form of education as having a much higher level of prestige, as opposed to somebody that went to a TV college or a trade school. Um, and I think we need a, a social dialogue and a social discourse around realigning the way people view qualifications and the prestige around it. Because somebody could end up with a university degree, might have a, the prestige of a higher education institution but the job market may not view it in the same way. They might view somebody with a, a plumber or a hairdresser as much more in demand than somebody with it coming out of the university or degree, degree. So the, we have, have to really look and align that with what the job market wants and what makes people employable and self-employable a lot quicker. Than, than other things because many people coming out of universities will want to be seeking employment within larger corporates and that takes a little bit longer and sometimes up to two to three years after they've done they uh, they're still searching for jobs
1: and then I guess I like the, the you know those points because it then leads to quite nicely um to the next question just around what the difference is between learnerships uh, versus internships and graduate uh, programs. <laughs>
3: a formal qualification on the National Qualifications Framework. It came about through government legislation about 20 odd years ago. It's about 30% uh, theory and about 70% workplace practice. Um, And Learnerships are generally free and in in addition to it being free, learners can learn while they they actually earn a stipend. Much of the stipend is um, minimum wage or better um so it's, it's a great advantage and, and they're getting everything it's a complete uh, solution as well as the range of learnerships it's across all sectors and there's hundreds of qualifications a learner could choose from so that's very important With regards to an internship, generally what what happens is somebody that has already completed a formal qualification or in the process of completing a formal qualification. So somebody that may have gone to University of Technology, for an example, for two years, and in their third year they might have to do six months of practical work experience in order to complete that, that qualification. Or somebody that's got an undergraduate degree but wants to move towards a professional designation. So think about the legal profession or the accounting profession profession where you may have completed a degree but you need to serve a year or two before you write a board exam or whatever it is and then get a professional designation of an accountant or a lawyer etc so that's where an internship comes in so those are the differences between the two
1: and then another quite uh this one for me is is a is, is a personal Uh, is, is a personal gripe, um, just around what's going on in the, um, in the job sector because people, young people are always constantly sending out CVs, um, to multiple companies. Some people even, you know, take the time out, um, to go physically drop off, um, their CVs. But, you know, as you navigate more around the world of employment and the world of work and business, you begin to sort of realize and, accept uh, that a lot of the time it's it's about references you know if there's someone in the company that can vouch on your behalf etc all of those things uh, play to your advantage so how do you advise young people to actually navigate some of those things especially um this thing of physically going out to drop off your cv blind applications all of that stuff uh-huh advise learners to, to, to just go and send an unsolicited CV
3: directly to a prospective employer because very often those CVs would end up in somebody's drawer or on a database somewhere just, and you'd never get a response and that would just create rejection and disappointment for that for that learner. So what one can do is one can go into the job portals on the internet and upload your CV to those job portals um, that, that you can do unsolicited so even whether or not you do um, you know applying for a job you can just still upload it or you could actually look at and apply for a position you should only really approach a company if, if you're invited for an interview um, uh, or an assessment or something then only you go to a company and you, you engage with them on a personal basis it's also very expensive inefficient for you to keep paying bus fare or taxi fares to go to companies simply to drop off a CV that they will probably never even look at so th- that's the first thing. So I think the second thing what one must actually be very careful about is one should understand um, whether, what one what one wants out of their career, of their life. So trying to send, using a, lot, a lotto approach where one actually uh, just sends out hundreds of CVs in the hope that you one in a million chance of one hitting. Look, it might happen, but the, the chances of winning the lot are also very slim. You could be playing a lot of for ten years and never win it, and you get a lot of rejections. So, in similar ways, the idea is not to be sending out hundreds of CVs in every single direction. The idea for me is to be more targeted and more focused in your approach when you are applying for positions. Is to troll through the internet on a regular basis, looking for positions and making application for specific positions. However, one of the big things that we must do, firstly, before we do that, because some people do secure positions, which are difficult to secure in our current job market, but they do, and those positions are not well suited. They just took the job for the sake of doing the job, and then they're unhappy, and then they might lose their job because of that unhappiness. So one must be very careful and understand what is it one is looking for when, when, when we're entering the job market. So look at the industries that we're looking for, look at the companies that we are targeting, uh, look at the qualifications that we are targeting, that's very important. Do a very important self-analysis and ask yourself, what is my passion, what is my skill, where do I want to be five years from now? and and try and answer that question as honestly as possible. If you're not able to find a satisfactory answer within yourself, maybe ask people, members of your family that have known you for many years, people that you trust, to also give you their opinion of what they think your strengths are and what you should be focusing on. If you've got a little bit of money, you can go to a psychometrist where they will do a whole, these are professional people that will do a whole lot of evaluations on you. And at the end of the evaluation, they will tell you, you know what, this career is most suited for you, and that's where you should be focusing your energies and your attention. But of course, that costs a little bit of money as well. Um, but it's actually a very useful and a very powerful tool to actually have as well. So I think people must must be a lot more targeted in the way they approach their applications and their, and their job searches. Um, and I think that's very important. Also, look out for learnership opportunities. As I mentioned earlier, learnerships... They cut across multiple sectors, multiple qualifications, so you have choices there. And every year there's a tens of thousands of learnerships that's available across the country. The, the idea is you've got to keep your eyes peeled on the internet because these adverts can come up at any time. Remember, a learnership can start anywhere from January to December. So you've got to keep your eye and an internship for that matter, you've got to keep your eyes peeled and regularly search the internet for these opportunities that are, that are advertised. So I think that's very, very important as well. The other very important thing is entrepreneurship. South Africa has an extremely low rate of entrepreneurship. The GEMS International Survey on Entrepreneurship, uh, I think it was in 2018 or 2019, rated South Africa 49 from 54 countries that were rated in the survey. Uh, which shows that we have a very low entrepreneurial rate even when compared to our neighbors north of us on the african continent and one must understand why this is the case Is, is there not enough opportunities from government is registering a business too difficult or is it just a cultural issue in south africa where we've become overly reliant on government ngos and others to solve problems yet We've got such a young, youthful population with so much potential and so much talent. These youngsters can be taught to be problem solvers, risk takers, networkers and, of course, entrepreneurs. These are the people that are going to build the jobs for South Africa. It's not current business and it's not government. It's new small business that's going to actually create the 10 to 12 million jobs that we need in this country to get rid of the unemployment situation.
1: So that's been us with uh, Rajan Naidu, who is the head of uh, Edu Power Skills Academy, um an institution that's helping um, to better empower and to um, let people know um, how they can be better you know that how they can be more employable and uh, prepare for um, the workspace, giving us uh, some insights into what uh, the employment landscape is looking like right now, and lots of tips um just around how young people can better equip themselves. Um, to cope and navigate with the current work environment and to actually get your foot into the door. He's talking a lot just around, um, you know, perhaps doing some psychometric testing, but also just leveraging some of the free tools uh, such as uh, social media and also a color photo. This was uh, one that I learned just now. Um, you know, he's saying that, you know, things like that and perhaps even a video um, along with your CV are things that you can help to make yourself to stand out. So that that's been it. Thank you so much, Rajan. On the other side of this, we continue with the show.
2: COVID Bizwatch.
1: On the business buys. In our COVID Business Watch, we look at uh, the impact of COVID-19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And uh, in this week's edition, we are talking uh, to Ntlantla, um Pakama, who is the head of uh, Basitlile um, MM. They have a number of uh, different um, units, such as marketing and sales, together with printers and events um, under their group. Our producer, Tandutlimba, and uh, spoke to him and uh, he was answering uh, questions around um, given that you operate a non-essential business how did the lockdown restrictions affect your day-to-day operations what were some advantages of the lockdown and what lessons have you learned from operating your business during this time here's what Antlantla had to say
0: My name is Landon Pagama and I'm the Chief Operating Officer from Bafikile MM. So, the lockdown restrictions has affected our day-to-day business operation. Um, You should understand we are an events company. We do all types of events and then we also specialize in printing. So in terms of events, um, we're working with um, corporate, we're working with individuals, working with artists, working with a lot of people in that space. So we had clients that paid upfront that when the lockdown was introduced, we didn't meet the deadline of what the client wanted because we had to adapt on how to create systems of working at home, on how to meet um, the due diligence of the clients that paid upfront, so it was it was an up and down for us to adjust. And you should understand, um, being in the events industry, you forever on site. Is either you supplying sounds, they doing festivals, is either a corporate wanted um, a certain function, conference, I um, launches, albums, tours, and so forth so we, we 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 were just in the midst of everything we we're just in the midst of everything so we are we are indeed affected by the lockdown restrictions so the second question was around the advantages of this lockdown okay so first and foremost we the best advantage that we saw and that was working for us was we we're working ridiculous hours we we're working ridiculous hours i um we'd work from eight Till 9 o'clock but if you're at the office you'd wake from eight to five so we're working critical critical hours and then i was actually having a, a conversation with one of my team members telling telling him that we were so fast during this lockdown that um we created ourselves opportunities on how to conduct um visual events hybrid on how to to do a digital campaign for for clients for clients so we were we we're busy unlocking opportunities through the, the digital space but in our industry so those were the advantages of of the lockdown so the last question was the lesson learned from operating during this lockdown i think i think I'm, uh, and i'm gonna say it with a very genuine heart um Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, it's not for everyone because I mentioned earlier, the client paid upfront and then you have to have the tenacity of telling the client what happened and you don't have to tell the client your problems, but the client wants the work to be done and that's it. So we have to create ways transforming things on how how are we going to take this event and make it digitally how are we going to negotiate this project and put it in this in this way how are we going to move forward how are we going to 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 make the client happy to make the client happy especially for those who paid up front we had various artists that we we had worked with them we had worked with them that has to be done but we couldn't because of this lockdown and there were things paid there were there were things booked and so forth um we 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 lost a lot of money, I don't wanna lie, we lost a lot of money. So you have to be the best at what you do. In everything you do, you have to put your A game. Um you have to be the one working the hardest in the room. You have to be the one working the hardest in the room. If if the if the storm comes, you are you you are prepared. You are prepared. So just be the best. Just be the best at what you do. Um, if 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 if, if everyone is working 10 hours, work 13. So everyone taking a lunch of 30 minutes, take 15. That, that's how it is. That's how it is. So far to when I say, when I when I answered the last question and said entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Thank you. COVID Bizwatch. Biz
1: on, on, on the business bus. You're today to the business bus we now move on to a discussion around how to increase uh, your employability as you heard from um, Lindy the landscape is not uh, is not quite is not accommodating at the moment things are tough um, for companies at the moment she's highlighting a lot of different changes but we want to now switch over to given all of this stuff that's happening how can you help yourself um, to actually get employed or to at least um, get some type of traction in the job market remember that you can keep in touch with us and just engage with us on facebook we are our or voice of vids and then on twitter we're at Vow FM we are talking about employment it is our jobs show and to help us to maybe shed some light just around um what some of the employment prospects or what the state of employment is in the country we are joined by lindy uh Van Den Bersela, who is um who is uh the Uh, the head of manpower group um south africa that's manpower group um they actually help to do you know some statistics and you know just keeping up with what's going on in and around the employment sector um greetings to you and uh, can you just give us a sense of you know what's going on we hear that things are bad but how bad are they
4: So it depends on how you look at this. So, you know, it it does sound, things do seem bad right now. We've had a huge number of job losses. But to say that there aren't opportunities out there, um, there are. Uh, But what we have to look at is which industries have have grown or are starting to grow as a result of the COVID. Um, And one of the areas that we really find from our side that is looking to grow is on the IT side, which makes sense because um, how many companies have gone offline or, or out of the office and started to work online remotely? So there are definitely there is definitely an increase in the demand for, um, for IT skills out there. Um, and to say, you know I think what we need to, what we need to keep mindful of is the fact that we need to be aware of where the jobs are growing, especially from a, a graduate or a student point of view. And then making sure that we're upskilling ourselves because you know the fact that we may have a, a degree doesn't mean that we're ready for work, and you know uh, there's a lot of skills right now that companies are looking for that you don't learn in a in a in a, in a situation, um, like communication skills, like um, creativity and innovation, like problem solving skills. So my recommendation, if I could make a recommendation, especially for the young grads, um, is that Manpower Group South Africa, uh, in fact, Manpower Groups globally. We have an online portal um, for skills um, that have up to 10,000 different courses, and those courses can vary from IT programming skills, Java programming skills, to soft skills, to communication skills, to Excel skills, whatever it is. And anyone who's wanting to access this, uh, this portal in order to be able to obtain um, some online training at no cost, all they need to do is go onto our website, um, and then they can they can request uh, a login details for this power U training, and then start upskilling themselves in terms of what what skills are out there and what courses are available that I can use to to start upskilling myself.
1: Um, Lindy, you know, as as you're talking and talking about some of the resources that Manpower Group is able to offer people to sort of get themselves i guess more ready for the the workplace as manpower group can you give us a sense of um, what it is you guys do that's giving you guys this type of vantage point and the ability uh, to be able to give these type of training courses and the relevant type of learnings uh, for people
4: Sure, not a problem. So, uh, Manpower Group South Africa is part of a global uh, organization. So, Manpower Group globally is in eighty different countries across across the globe. So, we our, our physical presence in South Africa may be small, but we are very much backed by a huge giant. Um, and Manpower Group globally is the third uh, largest um, recruitment business within the uh, within the globe. But from what Mamba Global, a local point of view, what we offer, we like to refer to ourselves rather as a, a workforce solutions company, as opposed to a recruitment company, because that's not just what we don't only just do uh, recruitment. So obviously, uh, permanent recruitment, helping people find jobs, is one of the areas that we focus on. Uh, where companies are looking to to employ temporary workers, where, where they have a, may have a need right now for additional staff, which they may not need in the future, so it gives them the opportunity to to flex up and bring in more people. And when, they, when the business has, has dropped, then they can, you know, the headcount decreases. And, you know, just as, as you said, as you're talking to, you know, that isn't a bad option for a, for a young grad either to, to look at, um, you know, temporary work. Even in the line that they're interested in, because you know, if if, if um, an employee or a person uh, you know shows that their employer that they've got potential to grow and they're adding value to their business, you know, there's a there's a good chance that those people may be taken on permanently as well. Um, so so that's those are the two areas we do. The other areas that we uh, focus on is uh, we have an outplacement program. So. We know, we do know that there's a large number of retrenchments that are happening right now um, across our country, unfortunately, but we offer a program to the people that are affected by these kind of processes. And basically what this program does is get the individual ready for for their next step. So, you know, a lot of people that are being retrenched may have not been in the job market for a number of years. They don't know how to go out there and find jobs. They don't know how to put their CV together. So basically we invest time with these individuals, preparing them to put themselves either back into the marketplace, or you know they may decide to go into their own business, or they may decide to go, in, you know, study further. So that's another area that we focus on. Um, and then the other areas is where a company is is looking for um, volume recruitment. Then we want we have a solution which is called the recruitment process outsourcing solution, solution whereas we go on site to the client we handle all their recruitment needs normally these are project-based and when they when they their employment needs have been filled then we move off-site so in a nutshell that's what manpower group south africa does and that's what manpower group does globally as well so this portal you you asked me the question of how we've managed to to you know make these sort of things about tools and resources available to people is this You Online um, portal is available to anyone across the globe. So it's, a, it's an international port line, a, a portal. It's offered to every single individual that's connected to any manpower, uh, country, um, any manpower company in the countries across the globe. So I guess because we are a global organization, these things have been developed from a global point of view, and it just puts us in a position to be able to, to, to try and offer these to people and make a difference in people's lives
1: now lindy one of the things that we're then very keen to get your your take on is what um the the current job market how that actually influences the future of employment in South Africa because as you said just now the current job market is characterized by um, retrenchments we just heard that BCX for example is about to enter its uh, round of its own uh, retrenchments um, just because COVID-19 has been squeezing you know its margins and all that but in future um, there's something that you said that uh, was sounding quite interesting where you said people should be, um, shouldn't feel you know too let out by taking temporary jobs. Do you sort of see that as a characteristic of a future workplace where uh, temporary roles or more project-based roles will become will become more of a thing in future?
4: Uh. I definitely see that as, as as what's going to happen, you know, whether that's long term or short term. But for now, with the environment that we're sitting, I definitely see that as an option, and 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 there's a benefit to to both the client and to into the candidate because the client, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, they may have a need now, or there may be a headcount freeze. They they've retrenched as a company may have retrenched, and they're not allowed to bring on any more new employees. But right now, they. They've gone through the process a couple of months down the line. They may see the need. They need to bring extra staff in just to deal with a specific need. Um, that need may not be long-term. And then they bring the people on on a temporary basis. And then um, and then when the need has been filled, the people, you know, then exit. And then there's an opportunity to go and find other opportunities for for, for um Temporary employment. But at the same time, as I mentioned as well, you know, there may be some months down the line or a year down the line, or this person's been tempting there, or and they've proved themselves, and the client then might make a decision that, okay, let me let's make this person a permanent office. So it, it, I do believe that's 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 an opportunity for, for everyone going forward. I do believe we have experienced it from our own company point of view. There's the temporary employment requirement is increasing. Um, And it just makes sense because it gives clients flexibility and it gives candidates the opportunity to obtain new skills within different organizations.
1: And also, you know, when you're just looking at, at the future of work and people best positioning themselves, you know, graduate programs and things like that. You have always tended to be a good way that young people can get themselves into an industry, into a company. Um, you know, they work there. And I guess it's sort of similar to the temping, um, situation you, you give after some time, you build a relationship and maybe people decide that, Oh, no, we can take this person on. But do you see graduate programs? And do, I guess some of those internships continuing to be something that uh, companies still. You know, want to do Or are people so stretched at the moment That they can't invest in such things
4: You know, there's a, there's a mixed There's a mixed feeling out there um, In the market at the moment Because we, we are involved with some companies In terms of their graduate program program Helping them find gra- graduates For their different programs Now that was a big uptake At the beginning of, of 2020 So obviously with what's happened Companies are still doing the grad programs But they've, they've scaled down and um, but I don't see the, the the programs disappearing altogether, even under the current circumstances, because you know we need to be bringing in people that we're training up with the skills that we need. Because if we're not giving people the skills that are required, and if we're not you know continue to build this pipeline of individuals, then the businesses are going to suffer. So we can't stop investing in young people and in the young skills and making sure they have the skills that are relevant in the market, because. That'll impact our our employment and our, and our business uh, performance going forward. So definitely, it is something I believe that will continue to 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 happen in the future.
1: And and the other one, you know, this this issue of unemployment, it's uh, it's it's quite a sensitive one, and especially um, as you know, we're hearing how how much the numbers um, have been going up. The other one is just. Do you foresee a situation? Because young, one of the trends with young people is, uh, I think they call them slashes. You know, you are a, you know, gig economy worker. Maybe you're a photographer, a photographer by day, a scientist by night, and a teacher on the weekend. Is that something that you also see uh, being a trend, um, in future? And also, I guess coupled with that is companies. Do you think companies are more willing to just accept that um, employees will be looking for opportunities uh, in other places and just doing more than one thing at a time?
4: So okay, so you're looking at we begin to have more than one job at a time. That's an interesting conversation because you know that a lot of companies don't like don't allow that. That when you're employed with them, you know that you disclose that you you know you require to disclose that you may have another. Um, Another job, another occupation. Say it's say at not, and I guess it's individually um, company based. And I think you know, and and that's not something that you know we can prescribe to. It's an individual company that will make that decision. And I guess you know, if someone's working on a, a nine to five job, then they go out doing another job in the evening to to make more money. You know, if in my mind, and I said this is going to be client specific. This is not going to be um, a rule. It's going to be whatever a client feels like uh, is is happy to do. I don't think, and as a, this is my opinion, that if, if, if that secondary job is not influencing the person's performance, um, then there's no reason why that could happen. I must be honest, in the recruitment that we've done, we haven't experienced that. We haven't come across that, that people are looking to do... Um, to do a day job and then have a night job because they need the extra uh, money. I haven't come across that. Um, interesting too, you know, now that you've mentioned it, to watch the market space and see in terms of, if the, is that going to happen? Are we going to get candidates to say, but listen, when you present my CV to a client, just make them aware that I also have a job that I do from six to 10 at night, whatever the case may be, is that going to be a problem? So a nice point that you brought up for us because it's something we haven't experienced, but I think it's going to be something to watch for in the future.
1: No, thank you so much I, and I, I think the reason I, I brought it up is just uh, you know just talking to people and just seeing what 's going on in and around even my circles because if companies are paying in some cases, people took pay cuts because of lockdown And yeah. there hasn't been that recovery Some people are then saying, well, you guys were paying me X amount But now you're paying me 60-70% um, off that I need to make up the difference Something in one way Yeah, <laughs> you
4: know, no, you're 100% so. right And I think that's a discussion that you know, individuals have to have with their employer And that's an employer's decision to make You know, That's just, if they're comfortable with I mean, and, and I think this is... We've, employees come in from an empathetic point of view because yes we've dropped people's people's salaries have been have been may have been reduced by 30 percent or 40 percent people still need to survive you know so i think there's the flexibility for that 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 could be an option and again i think it's just an individual company's decision whether or not they they that. it
1: and then lastly, uh, as Manpower Group, how can uh, people, you know, particularly our young people listening to this right now, uh, perhaps either get in touch with you, your team, or the company, engage, and if they want to maybe take advantage of the resources that you were pointing out earlier?
4: So I'd just like to direct everyone to our website, which is www.manpower.co.za, because all our job opportunities, the request to get access to the PowerU online training portal, all of that sits within our, um, on our website. So I would refer them there and then take that as a first step as to, you know, discovering what it is they need after that. But if all our information sits on the website.
1: So that was us with uh, Lindy Van who who is um, the managing director for Man Group uh, South Africa, and uh, she's just giving us some insight into what the state of um, the workplace actually looks like right now. They are a they are an employment specialist, but she's saying that we go beyond uh, just being a recruitment uh, recruitment company, uh, also just uh, helping companies coming up with you know strategies and all that. And she's just giving 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 us some insight and saying um, that at the moment things are tough uh, but as a young person you can take whatever opportunities come your way even if it is something that is temporary unfortunately uh, that is what the state of the economy looks like hopefully in about a year things do evolve also just talking about uh, the issue of the the gig economy becoming more prevalent what happens when um, you know some of these evolving discussions what's going to happen to uh, graduate programs? What happens to people having more than One role, certainly quite a Fascinating discussion, so that's Been it on the other side of this, we continue With the show, keep it locked, this is The Business Buzz And with that we've come to the end Of today's show, and thank You so much to Lindy and to Rajan For sharing their insights with us and Just giving us an overview Of what employment is actually Looking like in the country on the ground And some of the things uh, that are available for people to be able to do uh, some of the options that are out there some of the tools and that people can leverage it's also good to see that there are companies like this um like manpower group um like edu edu power that are there trying to help people to become more employable at least giving people advice on how they can approach the current jobs market which has not been kind to anybody one of the things that would be good to see going forward in terms of developing the discussion and conversation is um you know that chat that we're having with uh, Lindy earlier on about uh, the policies that companies have around people having more than one job because if you're a company and you've reached that stage where you can't pay your workers as much as you were able to pay them in the past then it's just patently unfair for you to expect um that they can just be loyal to you and do work for you alone because people have bills to pay people have food on the table they need to provide for families um children mothers fathers daughters children all of this stuff needs to happen with a lot of obligations that people have on their hands and we might just start seeing more of a gig economy um the type of trend happening or at least slashes people that are doing uh, more than one job at a time because people need to make money and life is becoming more expensive that is one of the ironies um, of the current economy that despite the fact that lots of people don't have work um, to do in terms of formal employment. Uh, The prices of things um, keep going up. The price of fuel, you know, that's rising. You know, the rent is weakening, which means imports imports, um, also rise. You know, all of these different factors are playing on people's minds. So companies really do need um, to make, uh, you know, some better decisions around the relationships um, that they have with some of their employees. So that's been it. Remember that you can engage with us on Facebook. We have VALFM or voice of vids or other Facebook pages vids radio academy on Twitter where hashtag business and our handle is at valfm. You can also search for us on iono.fm for our podcast and all our links are available there. And for other great content, you can find us on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of the show. Thank you to our amazing team. Our technical producer is Kotluano Serame together with our executive producer Glory Mabuza, our producers Slyndlim sibi and Klimba, together with Asimbarashe Honde. Uh, don't miss the business bus, same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Don't turn that down, there's more great content coming up on the Val FM lineup. So for myself, Leo Mob Justice and the rest of the team, it is take care.
4: The Business Buzz Podcast.